Welcome to episode 621 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Right, our team, welcome along to episode 621 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Oz. How you going, mate? I'm pretty good, Bevan, you? Back in the studios? Yep. For how long? Wait a second, let me work it out. How many more episodes have we got in studio number two in the I Am Talk history? Yeah. Because studio number one was my old bedroom back in St. Martin's. We've stepped up to the lounge in Hackthorn. Significant step up. Yep, it was a significant step up, wasn't it? In a significantly longer bike ride each morning for me. It's gone, went from... Oh, I didn't notice you drove today. I did. I think it was 20, <laughs> 20 seconds, I think it was my record to get around to your place, your previous place. Up to here, it's about... 15 minutes with a with a solid climb and now it's going to be even further isn't it well i think you, 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 i think it probably another 40 seconds another 40 seconds i reckon what do you reckon from here to kitaroa i don't know i've never been there i'm gonna say maybe another minute on okay. the bike another minute okay so wait a second we've got one we've got today two three four five six more episodes in the studio and then we move into studio number three. Studio number three. <laughs> I, I, and I have to think about where we're going to do the show. It's exciting times. We've got options. We've got options in the new house, yeah. so we have to figure that out. Although the the lounge, the living area is a lot of wood, mm-hmm. which Joe doesn't seem to mind. I don't think he's going to do it because she likes <laughs> the clean floor. <laughs> she, so, she likes the clean floor. Like that kitchen, that's pretty small, and she's always thinking that's dirty, and it's, so it's going to do it. And so I'm not sure about sound, but we'll figure it out, John. We'll figure it out. Okay. Uh, I Talk is proudly brought to you by Extreme Endurance. Your Lactic Buffer. Tanya Pora. If you want an amazing holiday for a good athlete and the family, check out Tanya Pora. And our patrons. And let's name a few. James the Trawler Slade. We've got Paul Silky Smooth Williams. And Christina Steaming Up the Room Armed. Work okay, steam out the room, back it up. Uh, in this week's show, we've got some news, we've got a discussion of the week, we've got statistic, we've got Coach's Corner, and an interview. I have not done this interview yet, so hopefully it comes off. But I'm going to be catching up with Kyle Buckingham. But he has just finished Ironman Cairns, yeah. the Asia Pacific Champs, and he's sort of in travel mode and just had prize giving and stuff. So hopefully, I'll catch up with him. And Is if, he if not, pro? yeah, 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 and he's been pro for ages. He won Ironman South Africa, uh, the, the African champs. Uh, yeah, wasn't Messi he a really good age group? Didn't he win the he world? Won, yeah, he won Kona 2013. He was fastest age grouper overall yeah. in Kona. Uh, so hopefully I'll catch up with him. If not, it'll be next week and we'll have to chuck something else in the show. No joke. Although we, we banter on, we'll be right. Uh, we've got some winger of the week. We've got questions and answers at the end. Okay, so obviously the big race happening over the weekend was the Asia Pacific Championships happening in Cairns. John, I was in Cairns for that day mm-hmm. and I saw about one minute of the race. Well, that's about all we saw as well on the live coverage. Pretty poor, so, is it? Uh, yep. Let's go positive first. And look, this is big news down in New Zealand and Australia. You know, it's, a, it's our sort of biggest race of the season, strongest field. Good race, Don't too. know how much coverage it gets elsewhere in the world, but it was all excitement because obviously we had, firstly had Gomez making his Ironman debut and also Marinda Carfrey making her return after pregnancy. So, you know, And a good field, in, yeah, so, particularly in the men's. Field. You know, so we had a good field in the men's race. Women's race wasn't as strong, but still pretty decent. Um, I think 10 females. Yes. Which is interesting, isn't it? Whereas the men had about 25, 26. 
Yes, so fantastic victory for Teresa Adam. It was it was an interesting race to watch, uh, and would have been really interesting had they had uh, even more interesting had they had good coverage. Because the story was Teresa Adam. Uh, she's a fantastic swimmer. She was uh, down on Lauren Brandon, who is just the fastest iron distance swimmer in the sport by quite some margin, and uh, she kept pushing on the bike as well. So Teresa Adam had to to haul her in and did so on the bike, um, and she was first off the bike. Pretty sure she was. I'm almost positive she was first off the bike. Had a good lead over Marinda Carfrey, and the lead did start to shrink down a bit. Um, but then it started to go out a little bit right at the end. So in the end, Teresa Adam from New Zealand, in her second only Ironman, uh, took took the race relatively comfortably by about six minutes. So give us a bit of a history on her. I'm going to get her on the show in the next couple of weeks. I've had some email contact with her, so hopefully we'll have her on to give a full rundown. She was a former ITU athlete for New Zealand. She was good. She was not great. Uh, and then, Got a lot of injuries. Yeah, a lot of injuries. And then she's, she did Ironman New Zealand earlier this year. Had a very solid second place on her first ever try at the distance and then has stepped it up again here and you know easy, easily we'll have enough points to go to Kona and we'll have some good prize money in the pocket as well well interesting we have great prize money 30k US mm. for a Kiwi that's good money um interesting we because I looked at the results and I kind of went reverse so I kind of looked at the times like, okay and then I looked at the run and I thought okay well it's interesting she wasn't her fast wasn't spectacular for a female runner, mm-hmm. 308, and I thought 450, oh, that's, and then I went, wait a second, she's swam 10 minutes faster other than Lauren, mm. than pretty much all the other women swimmers. I oh, know, she's a, she's a good swimmer, very tough swim conditions by all accounts over there, so the, the, the guys sometimes were, were fast, but in terms of the reports I got, A, the swim was long, and B, it was, it was rough conditions, so yeah, very, very good swimmer. Uh, she represented New Zealand for water polo as well, um, oh, really? and not sure if she did for surf also, but yeah, very solid, solid victory. She swam 50-41, she rode 4.50, and then she ran a 3.08 for an 8.53.16. That's a smoking fast time. And look, one measure I often use for the females to sort of measure how strong a day they had is how many age group men beat the women's field, and there was none. So she beat all the age group men, and that really shows to me that's a solid, solid performance. So is someone like her, Kona? Yeah. But no, no, but like what would she... Oh, realistically, top 10, you know. Uh, I don't think that's a top five performance, but, you know, the thing in Kona, she's going to be... First out of the first out of the swim behind Lauren Brandon, she's going to be in that very front pack, probably in a bit of a breakaway. Uh, and so then, if she can ride with them, you know, if she can chug out, you know, a similar sort of marathon, you know, three ten to three fifteen, you know, that's top ten, if not top five. So, uh, but Kona's a totally different beast. She hasn't been there, um, but you know, with that sort of performance, very solid. And, and Rennie, so you know, we know this is first kind of full distance race coming back. Uh, she's got what four or five months to Kona. Um, what are we thinking? Well, fairly standard swim, reasonably good bike, run below par. She ran a 303. So she rode the same time as Teresa Adam, which is which is solid for Rennie. She's not a, a demon on the bike, but you would expect her, you know, when she's at her best in those conditions, to be running well under three hours, if not uh, down towards 250. Had she done that, then she would have won the race. Yep. Um, so she's not at her best. Whether she can get there by October time, 
who knows? But she is a, she is a big time performer, so I'd like to think she's um, she's going to improve on that between here and Kona. Um, whether or not she can get anywhere close to Daniela Reith, uh, who knows? But I think that's a, again, yeah, it's a solid performance. Got a, got all the points she'll need for for Kona, I would imagine, and uh, yeah, she'll lock it in. So she uh, she swam 101, pretty slow going, at 450 on the bike, so the same as Teresa Adam in the 303 marathon. Still dipped under the 859, and I think she beat all the. Oh no, she just got one age group male beat her who went 859.01. She went 859.17. Well, so I suppose for Marinda, Marinda, it's literally stepping stones getting back mm. to peak. And uh, this is obviously a stepping stone. I suppose the question is you know, we know there's faster races in front of her and she's got a long career in front of her. Um, is the next stepping stone to Kona, I wonder, it would be interesting to know what her goal is. You know, like someone like her, who's a previous winner, would like to go competitively to the race, but maybe that's not the case. Maybe it's just have a solid race in Kona and really aim for next year to be back at that real competitive level. So we'll see. We'll see. And um, Beth McKenzie had a fantastic run, two fifty-five to finish in third in nine oh three, and uh, probably the one disappointment was um, Anya Berenik. She swam fifty-five, uh, so she was sort of in no man's land and then only rode a 5.01 and then DNF. So uh, she would have been one who we would have ex been expecting to, to really challenge for the win. Okay, so then the men's race. So uh, my experience of the race was I basically had a few updates on the app. It looked like Bradham Curry really had a great race. Yeah, so there was a bit of a break out of the swim. There was a few guys that swam 46, uh, sort of in the 46-40 range. There was uh, Braden Curry, uh, Gomez, uh, Tim O'Donnell, and there was uh, somebody else, Casey Munro. And then they sort of rode together. The, the rest of the, all the contenders rode up to them uh, eventually, and then they... By and large, just stayed together. To the last part of the road, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, there was a little bit of action yeah. towards the end there. Torenzo got away, um, but it wasn't a massive lead. And then it just came down to a running race. And yeah, it's very much Braden Curry and Gomez. It didn't sound like they were shoulder to shoulder the whole way, but for, for large portions of the run. Uh, they ran down Terenzo, and Terenzo dropped down to fourth place. Uh, then he managed to get himself back in front of Tim O'Donnell for third right in, uh, towards the end. And the key part of the race was about 10Ks to go. Braden Curry just put the put the foot down, and Javier Gomez uh, faded a bit. So I think it was a combination of a slight surge and a, and a bit of a fade, and it bobbled out to uh, around about a two-minute victory for Braden Curry at the end. Ran 239.59, nice. very solid, off a, a 4.24 bike and a 46-minute swim for a total time 7.54.58. too, isn't it? It was, just, it was gritty, wasn't it? He's just a gritty, gritty racer. He looks ugly when he races, um, but he's, but he's just, just grimacing. He, he fights, doesn't he? You know, we talk about Sanders, don't we? But Braden's a similar, similar kind of athlete, isn't he? And in regards to at least the want. mm you know, like, I think Braden's probably a prettier athlete in regards to how he moves. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, we, we, you know, you think of Sanders and he's just, he's the X kind of character. He's just never going to give up. And Braden seems to have that same kind of fight. Okay, and he, ne he needed this result because he essentially hardly had any points at all. So yeah, we well, said that, didn't we, before? Yeah. So he's got a guaranteed slot by winning the race. I think by winning the race, by any way, you get 4,000 points, which is enough anyway but it's, uh, he'll go into that extra pool where there's the guaranteed slots from winners so he won't be taking up one of the slots based off points uh, so you've got to say solid performance by Gomez um, but he's going to need to step it up from there to, to be winning Kona. Just on Braden's swimming do you know his history? 
Uh, you've talked to him about that before, and he was—he he swam quite a bit as a kid, but his, his swimming's impressive, you know. Oh, far out, yeah. So you're coming out with Gomez and uh, a couple of mo- minutes in front of uh, Bazzoni and stuff, so he's going to be front pack swimmer in, in Kona, you know, barring any sort of disaster. So he put he put himself in the same position they did last year, but it just seemed like last year. I wouldn't call it a brain explosion, but you know he got on the front and started slamming the bike. Then he had some challenges with um, with a puncher and, and what have you. But I think he'll be he'll be a wiser athlete. It wasn't the, the best tactical race last year, was it? And you know he's a, another one of these guys, a bit like Terenzo. He's pr- well, he's probably not the fastest runner in the field. You know, if you think about. Langer. F- Fredino, Langer, and Gomez. If Gomez really fires up, you think he would probably outrun Curry. Um, eight times, seven or eight times out of ten. But Braden Curry is the kind of guy that's probably got fantastic strength potentially through the back half of the ride. And if he plays his cards right, a bit like Terenzo, they need to have a little bit of a break on, on Fredino and the like to, to actually win the race. But he's a, he's a genuine contender. Um, well, you think of like a Sanders. Sanders is chasing on the seat. He's got to make up that swim, doesn't he? Mm. You know, whereas Curry, if, if he can have that little bit of energy on the bike, because he can run. Look, he did a 240. Mm. That's, well, sub 240. That's, wait one second. But you take it, eh? Absolutely. That's, that's up there nowadays. Mm. So, Gomez and Fredino, they've kind of just got to sit there and be within striking distance. And yeah, but that's uh, not true, you know, because look what happened in this race. Mm. But, you, yeah. know, like, you, you know, like, I know it's Gomez's first race and he's still learning his trade in the sport and you think by Kona and he would have learnt some lessons from this race, you know, to pull off a 7.56 in your first Ironman ain't too bad. Solid. But he didn't do it. No, so exciting time. It's going to be a good Kona. So Terenzo Bozzoni finished in third place, just missed out on going under eight hours, went eight hours and six seconds. Tim O'Donnell uh, was 50, about 50 seconds back in fourth. Denny Chevron had a really solid race in fifth, and Kyle Buckingham sixth, Tim Burkle seventh, Tim Reed eighth, and uh, Cupcakes with Cal Millwood was down there in tenth place. Just a couple of DNFs there. Uh, Mike Phillips, unfortunately, had a bad day. He was, had a shocking swim, so Sorry, not quite I sure speaking at the airport. Sorry? I was speaking to him at the airport. Afterwards? No, just on the way there. I didn't yeah. see him afterwards. Uh, so a bit of a shame there. And Clayton Fatale also had a, had a DNF. So onwards and upwards, good racing. Do have to give a bit of a... I, I don't like being negative, but the coverage oh, John, was shizer. Man, it was crap. It, you know what? It's funny you say that because I, <coughs> I was on the app mm. and the app was doing an okay. The blog was a bit... It was crap. I, I couldn't get it on the phone. There was a problem. The blog wouldn't appear. Mm. And then I thought, oh, I'll go to the video. There was no video. It was undespicable. They just did like a video at the at transition. Yeah. And and I, I kind of get it because I, people think, oh, our yeah, small little community are, are ranting and raving about no video coverage. And really, I think the number of people that would actually watch the race would be pretty small. Yeah. Because, I don't know, the main market for this race is New Zealand and Australia. And I've got no idea how many Ironman athletes there are, but say 10,000 or, or whatever. You just pluck a number. And the percentage of those people that are actually going to sit down and watch long portions of this event yeah, is going to be pretty small. And so it's a big cost. And you're not necessarily going to get a return on that. But I kind of think it's a bit of an obligation when it's a, you're putting on a championship race. You've got some amazing athletes out there. You're going to have cameras out there anyway because you're going to be filming the event for for a, a, a you know TV production a highlights reel. It, it does my head in. Um, so I think I think they've got an obligation. They should have video ca- video coverage, but I kind of get that they don't. But if you're not going to do that, my God, at least you could have at least four spotters on the male and female race doing, you know, updates. Oh, updates yeah. What did my head in? Here we go. 
10 Ks to go. Yeah. Braden Curry makes the move. Yeah. They say Braden Curry's making a move. There's a gap. 40 seconds. He's got 40 seconds. I saw that one. And he had to wait like five, six, seven minutes for the next update. I'm thinking, wouldn't you be on the side of the road every kilometre doing kilometre by kilometre updates going, it's ballooned out to 30 seconds, it's 40 seconds, Gomez looks like he's in trouble. I would have been okay with that, but it was pathetic. Yeah. Disappointed. Well, and how hard would it be? It's not hard. You get four people, you get four males, you get like ex-pros or good age groupers. You say, we'll put you out for a night and we'll give you a free entry into an Ironman. Boom, it hardly cost you anything. And then you've got four, just four people covering the top four males and females. Be, and then you'd get really good rolling coverage. But they, it looked like they had maybe two, maybe three in hemp stores out there and a guy, Toby Coote. Um, but I'm not blaming them because they're out there it's doing just jobs. under-resourced, aren't they, John? Under-resoured, pathetic. Pathetic, he says. Mm. So sharpen up. Um, yeah. Very Great good. racing though. And yeah. Good on Teresa Kiwi Double. We've got to give that a bit of plug too. Especially in the, in the Asia Pacific Championships. Kiwi Double. Kiwi's dominating the the whole region. John. Come on, Aussies, pick up your game. Who cares about no, North Korea? And look, Kiwis. And we got first and third. And just in terms of the age group side of things, we very nearly had the fastest male age grouper as well. So Jared Owen took out the age group men's race in 8.59.01. Rion Park from Timaru in New Zealand was in second place. On the female side of things... No, wait a second. How many age group slots were there? Do you know? I don't, but it's significant. It's a regional championship. Yeah, you think so. So yeah. it's, it's significant. Uh, you were saying that you reckon this is the place to go to get slots in that age? Secret Squirrel saying that. Oh, okay. Don't, don't, go, to, that don't go to Ken's. Mm. Go to Ironman Australia. Yeah. Uh, Fiona Whelan took out the girls' race in uh, the females' race in 956 13. Nice work. Okay, the other, uh, Ironman, the other race we had this weekend was Ironman Boulder, and uh, we had a couple, or an American and a Canadian, take out the both female and male pro race. Um, Chris Lieferman took it out in 8.07 and he did a 54 swim, a 4.09 bike and then a 2.59 run. Joe Gamble is from Australia, second and Patrick McLennan took out third place. McKellen, sorry, from the United States. Uh, Got to give a bit of love here to Kirsty Yarn from Canada who took this race out because she won Ironman Brazil a couple of weeks ago. Wow. So it's like a couple of weeks later, boom, takes it out. Small victory over Caddy Evans. Uh, so, although, and if you took put out your men's half an hour to the females, it was a big difference in the men's to the females. So, if that men was eight oh seven, female nine sixteen. I say uh, one hour normally, one, not half oh, an hour, no, one hour. But oh, she's no. still over one hour behind. So, Caddy Yarn was swam one hour, rode four forty seven, and ran a three twenty one uh, for a nine sixteen three minute victory over Catty Evans and third bloody super veteran who by the looks of these splits I didn't really cover the race uh, or watch the race but she was uh, either first or second off the bike Didi Griesbauer finished in third place in 9.36 faded pretty badly on the run with a 3.51 but she didn't fade quite as badly as Angela Neath who by the look of it was probably either first or second off the bike uh, she swam a one hour rode 4.39 which is bloody impressive but then didn't get the down trail, but it was not that far off with a four-hour ten marathon Ooh. for a nine fifty-five eighteen. So if you've put um, the tri splits for Chris, Chris Lieferman, it's quite interesting because he did two Ironman in twenty sixteen, got third in Cozumel, and then um, he won another one. He hasn't raced for two years. 
They might not have all the results up there, um, okay. but yeah, he's he's a bolder local and uh, very solid performance. You know, laid it all out there on the bike, put up a big lead, rode a four oh nine. Second fastest split was a four seventeen, and by the sounds of it, it was very hot conditions. You know, the run times for the for the elite men, you know, only a couple of them went under three hours, uh, so it sounded very very tough on the run. So yeah, solid victory. Uh, no, Andrew Talansky. Andrew Talansky. So I was talking that up last week because he was on the start list to do this. He's a former pro cyclist uh, with the Garmin Slipstream team, uh, amongst others. He was a very good cyclist as well. Like he was a, you know, top ten sort of Grand Tour rider and stage winner and and what have you. Uh, so he didn't race. I don't know why, but uh, I did look up that he'd done Ironman St George uh, seventy point three not that long ago and. It's been results he swam 26 14 uh, and that was around about 45 seconds behind Keenlands and Sanders so you say he's not a great swimmer but he's not woeful uh, and then he rode a 203 and you compare that to uh, Sanders and Keenlay both rode 201s and Michael Weiss rode 203 and then he got off and run was quite a bit slower at 130 so he finished in 13th place overall with a 403 so again not crap but he's 22 minutes behind the winner uh, and his bike time is no faster than the triathletes so cyclists you guys you talk a big game yeah. but our top triathlete cyclists are pretty damn handy pretty damn handy and we don't pretend to use assistance <laughs> just what are you uh, saying there just an uh, assistance you know you take it how you want John take it how you want um, we had some other results sources sent through to us god did we what I reckon the amount of results so I'm going to scan through these really quickly Daniela Reef. Oh yeah, we'll get to that. Challenge Denmark. Uh, we had Andreas Dreitz take out the males race and Peniel Thailand from Denmark take out the females race. Laura Siddell, another second place. Uh, and then we had Cairns and Boulder, which we've discussed. Switzerland, this was interesting. Daniela Reef went four hours and 54 seconds and she finished seventh overall at 70.3 Switzerland. Nice. Haven't really seen her racing for quite some time. I did look up her. She, she's down to race... Um, Germany, isn't Germany. it? Germany. Yeah. So I don't think she's done any... I haven't seen any results from her since... Um, it was Bahrain or whatever it was last December. So, you know, maybe taking a slightly different approach this year. Her race schedule is looks pretty thin. So she had a bad back last year, but didn't she? So mm. I wonder if she gave herself some downtime to get her body right. Mm. And just putting all, you know, the majority of her eggs into the Kona basket. But that being said, wouldn't be at all surprised for her to go and absolutely spank uh, Germany as well. 70.3 Eagle Man, Cody Beals, we had on the show not that long ago. He took out that race along with uh, Stephanie Roy. And then at 70.3 Staffordshire in the UK, Elliot Smiles from Great Britain and Emma Pallant. Jeez, uh, strong performance by Emma. She won by nine minutes. And then we'll do my ITU update shortly. We also had Challenge Gerards Bergen, uh, Peter Peter. Hemerick took that out in front of Dylan McNeese from New Zealand and Heather Wirtle took out the females race. Now the try rating out, is it coming to um, Kona from Thorsten? Uh, not coming to Kona but sort of a mid-season report. I only got the email this morning so I haven't seen that but if you want to get on to Thorsten's try rating, see where everybody's at at this stage of the season. He's also doing a, a rote special as well and he's going to be doing the English version live coverage at rote as well. Oh great. So, and he's asked us if we might pop in. You might even hear us popping in there. <laughs> Uh, so, wrote is somewhere where they do 
good coverage and uh, and so we look forward to seeing what they can deliver. So check it out, tryrating.com. Got the American Triple T. This is John's dream race. Every year when this comes up, he goes, oh, I'd love to do this race. Tim Josephs, I saw him. This is, this is the reason I got this up there is Tim Josephs from, he was over in uh, Rote uh, with us last year. He I saw his medal from doing it. I said, I've got to, I want to do that race one time. And first place in the male's elite was... Malaki uh, Henry. So this That's a funny the, name, the isn't it? Your first name's out there and your second name's quite basic. Yeah, the Triple T. So you're basically doing an Ironman spread over... Three days. Three days. First night, I think it's a... You do like a little pro, prologue super sprint race. Second day, you do two Olympics in the kind of different order. And then the third day, you do a half Ironman. The old version of it, you used to do it in, in a team as two. Now they have an individual and a, and a team's race. Uh, he took it out in 946.16 for a dojo domination over Edward Walker. And then... Oh, do they claim? Oh, females, here we go. Females. Amanda Mixter took that out in 11 hours and 10 minutes from Nikki Derek in 11 hours 30 minutes. Jeez, we also challenge Venice. Now I missed this one. This was uh, last week. And so Dylan McNeese looks like he's doubled up in, within a couple of weeks. So he was challenged Venice. He went, went third. Second place was Cameron Worth after riding a 4.01. We'll come to why that was a 4.01 uh, shortly. And then Yaroslav Koviak uh, from... Doesn't actually have where he's from. He took that out in 8 hours and 6 seconds. He swam 56, rode 4.15 and ran a... 2.52. So Cam Worth still hasn't quite nailed that rundown. He only ran a 3.11 there. Once he can, he will be smoking it. Uh, Lisa Roberts took out the females race in 9 hours and 18 minutes. She's been a lot of races, didn't we? Jenny Nye. Yeah, huge amount of racing. It's huge. racing season. It's Devin. peak season in the triathlon season. Okay, some random stuff coming up this weekend. We've got uh, a few random events coming up. We have indeed. Uh, lots happening in the iron distance world, especially in the UK. So you've got the Lakes Man coming up this this weekend. Phil Whitehead, listener of the show. God, didn't look up what nickname we gave him, but he was the one where we mucked it up and we called him not like a like, poo pusher or something. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, anyway uh, it looks like the... <laughs> the that was not the nickname we gave him, but there was a confusion. He was a he was a plant manager, and he put it a typo. I'm, yeah, but poo pushes. I'm going to find you a nickname there because that's a bit rank. Uh, it took a while for that one to sink in. <laughs> anyway, there's lots happening. Uh, that, the the Lakes Man Triathlon up there in uh, the uh, Lake District. You make me laugh, John. You make me laugh. <laughs> We've also in the UK this weekend. You've got the Kelp Man coming up. You've got the and then over in Poland, you've got the Extreme Man. Um, there's another one here. I don't know if it's on, it's on K two two six, but I couldn't actually find the website. The X, which is in Windermere, but I couldn't find the website. So maybe that's not that one's not happening. You got the Lakes Man, as I said. You've got the Northwest Tri Man in Spain. You've got the Goto. Nagasaki International in Japan, so lots happening, and I've got to find Phil Whitehead's uh, nickname in a second. Okay, I guarantee it's not Purple Busher. Um, couple of other points you got here. Keenley looks like he's going to smoke rope because he's basically riding the same power with Cameron Worth. Well, yeah, we have, so we've got um, 
we after this weekend there is lots of racing coming up but we're not really going to have any big massive head-to-heads until we actually get yep, to road i'm really excited to see what Keenlay can do because it's the road field's not a stacked field there's Keenlay, there's kanama um there's finn reederer and i think that might be his joe skipper back joe skipper i think is back as well um so there's a few of them that might really slam the bike ride, and if, if Keenlay can get some assistance potentially on the bike, um, legal assistance we're talking, yeah. uh, you know, he's running really, really well, and um, I'll be interested to see what sort of time he can pump out if the conditions are good. We've got to remember that they've changed the run course this year in Rote, so last year they changed it uh, and made it quite a bit harder, hence why we all went a little bit slower last year, plus it was bloody hot, uh, and they've changed it back to similar to what it used to be in the good old days when it was really fast but they've still got the one lap out where we had last year where there's a bit of a hill climb so it won't be as fast as what it was in the good old days but it'll be faster than what it was last year so uh yeah i'm excited to see what Keenlay can do um what was i going to say about that oh, it's been brilliant to say take a pause so i can find phil whitehead's okay uh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna do a pause we're back it wasn't too far off, Ben. Oh, I don't think it was poop or shit. What is it? Big brown. <laughs> Big brown. Okay. That, 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 okay. There we go. Um, one thing I do say, I do, do want to comment on, this year's Kona is going to be awesome. It should be fantastic. It's, it's got to be awesome. You've got, you got defending champion in Langer. You've got to give this guy respect. He's proven himself in Kona twice now. Um, I reckon he's going down this year. You think he is? I, I, yeah, just get the feeling that he's he's gonna even if he runs really really well, I think those guys are just gonna crush the bike. Well, that's so what's much. really fascinating. Frodo wants to prove himself this year. You know, like Frodo, if there's ever a year to mo- for motivation, it's this year. Mm-hmm. Gomez is an unknown now. He's, he's coming on down his first race. He kind of he gets a tick. You know, mm-hmm. he did a pretty good race. Didn't smash it uh, and faded at the end, which is something you know. Now, so it's gonna be really fascinating. You got like you know the um, Curry's. You got these guys, Terenzo. Terenzo, Terenzo's, you know, he didn't quite get it this weekend, but he's been smacking it. It's gonna be a great race this year, isn't it? it? Should be. It's gonna be really fascinating to see what happens. The females race should be awesome as well for for second. I, I just think Reef, if she's fit, yeah, she's, she's killing it. Kill right everybody, now, she? but. God, the race with second will be fascinating, and you never know. You know, she might have a, an off day, um, and that could make it extremely interesting. But I think the race for second and the females could be fascinating as well. You know, like we, we talked about, it would be awesome if Brownlee was here this year, and he's not, and it's unfortunate because I do think put him into the equation, it makes it even more fascinating. But this may be one of the most exciting races before the race that we've had in a long time. We have got Frodo versus Langer coming up at Ironman Germany yeah. as well, uh, and I think Frodo will absolutely crush him. Why? Because it'll be a more one-on-one. I just think Frodo will swim off the front. He'll just crank it off the bike, off the run. Langer might not get that as much assistance as what he might do in Kona in terms of riding with others. Uh, so you so think Langer's, uh, Langer's weakness is his bike? Well, he, he smokes it in Kona uh, on the run, and he hasn't run quite that fast elsewhere in the world. So I think he'll be... I reckon he'll be on the podium in Kona, but I don't know if he's going to... I just think that different dynamic this year. We'll see. We'll see. That's what the great thing is. Who knows what's going to happen? Well, and with that different dynamic, how do people race? Mm. You know, that's going to be... But I'm really looking forward to Kona. It's going to be pretty fascinating. Meredith Kessler... Um, I sent this through to Torsten. I said, Meredith Kessler, what the hell has she been doing? She's She raced again... Uh, last weekend in Rally 70.3 and I said how much bloody racing has she done this year and uh, so she's done Rally on the 3rd of uh, June Uh, two weeks before that she did Chattanooga 70.3 
Two weeks before that, she did St. George 70.3. And by the way, she won rally. She got second in Chattanooga, and she got fifth at St. George. And uh, a week, 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 week before that, she'd done Ironman in Texas. So uh, he said she still needs some more points, though, because she'll need to get another Ironman under her belt, and it looks like she's targeting Ironman Placid, uh, Lake Placid, as far as Torsten can see. So Meredith Kessler is on the upward trajectory. She got a sixth, a fifth, a second, and a first. John's ITU update, so we had Nottingham Mixed Relays. So it was a big weekend. We had Nottingham Mixed Relay, so that's the you know four-person team, super sprint, tag relay, and then that was on a few days before they had the Leeds ITU race. Cool format, very similar to what we've seen elsewhere at these sort of races. Lots of lead changes. You don't America's really know what's, what's going on. Um, <clears throat> France had a breakaway, and then uh, the Americans ended up taking it out, but lots of lead changes. Uh, so it's great format. Good to watch? Good to watch. You didn't know what was going to happen. Our Kiwis, we were right up there after the second leg. Got absolutely drilled after that. And so the Australians were completely out of it after their... I think it was after their first league, they pulled themselves right back up into the mix. So lots of different dynamics in different countries. And are you know the Rockstars? At this one, you, you didn't get them all because there was a race a couple of days later. So you had some of the Rockstars. So why wouldn't they do that afterwards? Them. Why wouldn't they do teams after? Uh, I think they normally do it that way, actually. You're yeah, because right. you think if you're not, your Rockstars do of the A race is going to be the Olympic distance, then you put it afterwards. So then... Mm. So don't know what the rationale was there. So they they got more rounds of this in Hamburg. They also do the race, and uh, yeah, it's just a great great new format. Well, it's probably the most appealing way to watch triathlon right now, isn't it? It's As a spectator, just, just just over an hour, and yeah, you don't want to go away because it's things change. Yeah, um, and it's it's much more pure triathlon. It's it's little groups of twos, threes, and fours, or one, solo TTing. So it's um it's a bit more old school. And like the leagues are basically twenty minutes, so you are killing yourself. You know, that 20 minutes in a, you know, that is just smack down city, isn't it? It is. Uh, I will say, if you haven't watched the coverage yet of Leeds, pause the show now or fast forward for a bit because I had both my male and female's race uh, spoiled because I knew uh, I got the results spoiled to me. One by my son and secondly... <laughs> Your son did? What are you yeah. well, Instead of going to Triathlon Live to watch it, he went triathlon.org and then the uh. first thing that he saw was the winner of the male's race. And then I decided to watch the male's race first and, and they talked about the female's uh. race. Anyhow, so if you don't want to know the result and you want to watch it uh, later on, uh, fast forward, we'll be two or three, oh, three or four minutes here uh, talking about leads. So good race? Good solid race, worth watching. There was enough interest in there to keep me sort of watching the, the whole time. Theme of the day was very hard riding in both the males and the females race. So there was a breakaway in both the males and the females. So the second group had to ride really hard and they did end up catching the lead groups but not till very late, especially in the girls, the females race. Who, who was in it? The females <laughs> race, you had um, you had Zaverius, Jess, Jess Learmonth, and somebody else in the lead, uh, and Ty, Tyler Sp Spivey from the States in the lead in the females race, and they got caught on the last lap, which was just painful to watch because mm. they did so much hard work and then got caught at the very end. And in the guys' race, uh, there was a much bigger pack, and, and I'm surprised they didn't stay away, um, but they got caught in the end as well. So Why didn't they stay away? Uh, there was some hard riding from behind. So the, 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 the second pack actually got themselves they together. Got, they got a couple of guys really slamming it. Christian Blumenfeld looked like he'd gone on the front and really slammed it. And, and suffered in the run. And they just didn't 
just didn't push hard enough. Yep. Uh, it's a very technical course with lots of little twists and turns. And uh, and so that if you've got a pack, I think it was maybe 12 or 13, maybe it was just a little bit too big and, and things were getting a bit strung out too much. So really good racing. Um, Richard Murray won his first ever Olympic distance triathlon, uh, which is a bit of a surprise. He's been what, so his first ever win? At the WTS, he's won sprint distance, he's won all other sorts World of Cups. things. World Cups. But he's never won a, a, a WTS series Olympic distance race. So good on him. And he just crushed it out of the blocks on the run and uh, and never really looked like it was in, in doubt. So good on him. The girls race, it was just carnage out there. There was just <laughs> lead changes all over the place. Uh, you didn't quite know what was going to happen. And uh, Vicky Holland ended up taking the victory. But both on the males and the female side of things, um, really big um, time differentials because I just think they rode so hard that... Uh, People's legs were just burnt to, burnt to shreds on the run. So Vicky Holland took it out from Georgia Taylor-Brown, who I've never heard of before, and nobody else had had either. And Katie Zaveris uh, hung on very, very tough race for third place. On the guys' side of things, Richard Murray was first, Mario Mola not too far back in second, and Vincent Louis in third. And my renewed hope for our Kiwis continues, Bevan, because we got an eighth place in the males <coughs> with Sam Ward. In the girls' place, we had uh, Rebecca Spence in sixth and Nicole Vanderkay in ninth. So go the Kiwis. Barry Shipley, what's happening with him? Well, it's... So who is he? It's Barry Shipley, if you listen to our Legends of Triathlon podcast, Bevan, he's the co-commentator. He has been for a long, long no, no, time. No, no, I'm for the listener I asked that question. Sure, yeah. yeah. Uh, and I was listening to, I, I played the 2004 World Champs for my indoor bike session last Wednesday. He was commenta commentating on that. He's fantastic. He's been around forever. I think he does an absolutely brilliant job, but he hasn't been on the scene in terms of commentating on the WTS races since the start of the season. They've chosen to go for the guy Trevor Harris and then have a, a guest commentator in there. And I think it's, uh, my opinion is, Barry Shepard was fantastic. But you kind of so think... Is there any, any goss on that? No. Oh, um, I think there is. I think he's holding back. So anyway, Barry's not there any longer, which is a shame. And I accidentally started watching the 2017 females coverage from last year. And he's like, oh, Baz uh, is back. I thought, Baz is back. But Baz was not back. I was like, this looks really familiar last year. And I'd clicked on the wrong button. And uh, it was quite a contrast. I just think he was a great voice. It's yeah, amazing it's how much your icons, it's, you know, like it's interesting, I, I was on Facebook, you know, Mark Watson, mm -hmm. you know, Mark Watson put a a, um, uh, a clip to Rabbit Warren, who's the lead commentator from Australia, you know, you know, Rabbit Warren, I think it is, Rabbit Warren, yeah. no, it can't be Rabbit Warren, <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> but, but he's, he's the famous commentator, so, so, so much I know him, but he's, this guy is the voice of rugby league, you know, in 30 years he's been commentating, yeah. it was such a great interview, because you're just hearing a legend you know, commentators are legends in sport. You yes. know, you know, you think of like Grant Nisbet in New Zealand, Keith Quinn for mm -hmm. rugby. These guys are voices that really you're attached to your sport. And it was such a good interview just listening to someone who's been there in your sport for such a long time. So much so I can't even remember his bloody name. But it was so cool to kind of hear this interview. And you want to keep the icons. You do, as long as they're not past it. Because well, as long as they're doing a good job. Yeah, like I, I would say Phil Liggett, I think he was absolutely brilliant, but he's not the same that he what, what he was Did previously. he get tired? Um, well, see, he's not doing a lot of the coverage any, any longer, but he's, a, he's old, like yeah. I don't know how old Phil Liggett is. And I feel the same about some of the New Zealand rugby commentators. They're, they're just, they're great, 
but they've got there a little bit past it. But Barry Shepley, in my opinion, was certainly not past it. He had really good insight on what was going on, and he was just a try geek. Uh, and so I think it's a shame, and I think it's a step backwards. I do like that they've got a guest commentator in there now. So they had Helen Jenkins, who's a former top ITU athlete. I thought she did a good job. I thought that... Um, the, the other girl uh, from Sweden, Lisa Norden, who was doing uh, some of the other races, I thought she did a good job. But it wasn't the same and it didn't flow quite as much. As I, I don't think it is good idea having guests. I think you've got to build a team. Well, it's the thing. I think you have a, yes, I think you have a team, but I think a three-person team would work really well where you've got this guy, Trevor Harris, who doesn't know heaps about the sport. Then you have Barry Shepley, who really carries the show. And then you get guest comments in from that third person. But anyway, different direction. But the, the reason I think you know, it's best not to have guests is there's a flow. Mm-hmm. You know, like you and I have a flow, you know, and it's that we kind of understand how to work together as a team. And all commentating teams have that. Mm. And then when you get a guest in, they're trying to learn that flow. Yeah. And to me, it's like, you know, you, you, you want your expert and you want your feeder person and you want, you know, so you, people need to understand their roles. But I do think you're better off to have a consistent team mm. working. Now, you can either have one person, two or three, but you do want that, cons- if it's going to be a team consistently, because over time, they get their roles and then they can do them really well. Whereas if you get guest speakers, you might get an amazing one, but the hit and miss factor is pretty high. Mm. So, you know, if, if I was in the role of determining this, I would say, well, team's not bad, but you want the same people. Yeah. Yeah. Monday course accuracy check time. Okay, so we had a few courses. So I'm in Ken's and Boulder, and John looks like Boulder swims a little bit long. Yeah, so um, it seems like consistently we get swims measuring measuring a little bit long. Now, is that, uh, is that our devices or is that? I think it's a bit of a combination. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so if we if we start with Boulder, we didn't have too many comments on that because I posted it uh, while the race was still in progress. It might not have hit people's Facebook feeds, but we had uh, somebody did comment in there. Um, Tim Swanson said uh, he got three thousand nine hundred fifty two meters for the swim, so we'll give him a thumbs up for the for the swim. Uh, for accuracy, even potentially a bit long there. Bike only 110.4 miles. That's a couple of k's short. That's not meeting the standard. That's, yep. a, that's a little bit too short, for, you know. Yep. I've got my, I'm going to say, I, I think I probably change this every week, but if it's more than a k on the bike, so, you know, just over, you know, three quarters of a mile, that's probably starting to get a little bit too far out there for, for the core, John Newsom course accuracy check. Uh, they did get the run very close uh, by Tim's uh, measurement. He got 26.52 miles, so that was very close. In Cairns, we had a number of people posting in there, and the swim, it sounded like A, it was rough, and B, uh, most people were measuring it a little bit long as well, sort of between 3.9 and 4K. So good on you, Cairns, for being honest in the swim. Uh, and the bikes were ranging in the 178-kilometre range from sort of 178.3 up to 178.8 so they're just missing out there pretty close but just missing out to Ken's just move that turn point an extra 500 meters down the road next year and you'll be uh, you'll be fantastic and their run was very accurate as well so overall just okay just a little bit of work required on the bike there B plus B B plus B plus however 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 here we go Challenge Venice if you recall Cam Worth wrote a, a uh, a 401 which is bloody impressive oh, that's so impressive but um, I did get his uh, <laughs> his Strava file sent through to me uh, and he only had 170.6 and this was at Challenge Venice so come on Challenge Venice 
I'm assuming that Camworth recorded his data correctly because he's a cyclist and I think he probably would get it right. That's the only feedback I've had from that one. So pick up your game on that bike course. Uh, Ironman Philippines, uh, good old Arno sent me over a bit of a note on that and he was saying that... Uh, very accurate, 180 kilometres on the bike, 42.6 k's on the run. There's one place you don't want to be running longer than 42.2 kilometres. Yeah, it's, it's in the million degree temperatures of the Philippines. One other thing from Arno, he's doing Ultraman Canada, and he said one of his uh, team members has had to pull out. So if you're keen to go and do a support crew role for uh, Arno at Ultraman Canada, um, the dates are 3rd, 4th, 5th of August. Uh, <laughs> Get in touch with him. Just uh, his his name is spelled A R N A U D, and then Sulikov, and just put Arnold Sulikov triathlete, and you'll be able to find him. Okay, this week's discussion, Richie Swan. You you made me laugh already, not because of his answer, but he's got a picture of Rick Mail. Remember Rick Mail from, from the Young, young ones? ones, and it's got him when they did the university challenge. Remember that? Yes. And he's got put, the, put a P in front of his name for a prick. Yeah. <laughs> that was such a good TV program, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, the American listeners probably don't know much about the young ones, but it was an iconic 80s show. 80s show. Just about a bunch of four kind of riffraff at university, and it's it's pretty bloody funny. Uh, anyway, this week's discussion. So what have been some of the best or innovation innovations, changes, modifications you have seen race directors make in the sport in general? Uh, or in the sport or in general. Uh, so Rich is wanting to know, he's got here, I'm in New Zealand getting rid of the punishing compulsory briefing and making you watch a video at your own leisure instead. That is a great one, isn't it? Oh, it's a good move. Yeah. Um, I try to do it with some of my races. It takes a bit of time to, but once you've done it once, yeah. then you've just got to tweak it a little bit each year. But good move sitting through race briefings is painful it is necessary because so many people don't read stuff but god if they could just put it into a condensed you know i think it's a great move so the most frustrating thing for anyone organizing races or groups or something is when people ask you questions yeah <laughs> which their answers are clearly on the page yes it's like so last year we went to the challenge road briefing and that was long as well because you had English and German oh, of course. I totally understand you've got to got to do these things but I think absolutely agree with Swanee there doing them online <clears throat> and maybe trying to make it mandatory that people have to watch it like you'd almost well nowadays online you can kind of always serve people watch it I'm mm. sure there's, there's a solution to that mm. but not everybody turns up to the briefings as well so anyway uh, Lucy Francis is a fan of the mass swim start I hate to admit it but the rolling swim starts have been a good modification yeah, that's a good point. Tony Beckerman's got well. Oh, you want to say something? Yeah, I, I'm kind of with you a bit there, Lucy Francis, but I think the rolling mass start needs to be done the way they did in Kona 70.3, where it's rolling by age group, I think is better than just a, a general rolling start. So I think, yeah. So how are they doing in Kona? How are they doing in Kona? In the Kona 70.3, it's a rolling age group start. So you get a period group. of time to get in the water? So, no, so you've got. It's every five seconds they're starting four people. Okay. So it's um, and they have do it by age group. So it's say six thirty five. It's the forty five forty to forty five men, and you line up in your little group, self seed yourself, and every five seconds, boom, four people go, four people go, four people go every five seconds, and then they move on to the next age group. Okay, and that avoids all the fast people trying to start at the beginning, and that kind of defeats the purpose of the rolling site. Yes, it spreads it out a little bit, but it doesn't help so much on the, the bike legs. So but I in the self-seating, did most people get it right? Did most people, faster people go up the front, or did slow people try to go up the front? Uh, you get the outliers there that go up the front. Yeah. Phil had some good comments from this year. <laughs> he's, he's like He started, I think, fourth row back, and he's looking at the people in front of him going, 
I'm not a great swimmer. Any swimming around people, you know, before he even touches the water sort uh-huh. of thing. Uh, so most people, I think, are, are get it. And they can't do much right. about that, is it? Because no. you can't get people to give swim times. Yeah, so... Oh, is it your phone, John? There's my phone. My pocket's rumbling here, Bevan. Back it up. Uh, Tony Buckingham, Wellington Scorchers Bay Series. <laughs> this phone teams. call is coming from Myanmar, Burma. I'm going to choose not to take this one out of my pocket and just let it run. You spam calls nowadays, don't you? Burma. Who the hell be Well, the, what they do is they, apparently they do it so that you ring them back, and if you ring them back, they get paid. The fees are huge. Ah. Yeah, because you're like, oh, I wonder who this is. And nowadays you kind of think, well, I can ring because you know, it's a lot cheaper. If I'm having a boring day, I just answer it, and I just... I don't let rip, but I just play along for a bit. Oh, if if if, if someone rings you and you know yeah, it's yeah. scam, yeah, yeah, I like that one when they they, they try <laughs> to tell you about your PC and they talk to you for ages and you go, there's a problem with your Windows and blah blah. And after about five minutes, you go, wait a second, I'm on an Apple, and they go, oh, boop boop boop, <laughs> straight away. Uh, Tony Buckingham, Wellington Scorchers Bay Series with team races and Formula One style individual races, three super sprint races with a final handicapped was awesome. And five years ago, well before the, their time. Clive Aspin, he's with uh, Lucy, Charles, Lucy Charles. Rolling swim starts, I love the mass swim starts, but rolling starts seem to break the athletes on, up on the bike. Whilst it makes it harder to follow the age group race, it does make it fairer. Sheriff Sutherland's got back in 2007 Ironman New Zealand. The bridge over the road with, for the athletes out of T2 when it was a split transition. That's got a good idea. Um... I gotta find another one. Uh, Mark Hernandez uh, in the Philippines. We have a rolling start. So slight change this year is that your zone is based on validated swim time. You have to submit along with a link to the race results. Oh wow, that's taken. That so you actually that, have had to have done a race. That would remove the you know those outliers yeah. that I was just talking about. Okay, Duncan Penfold, back in the late 70s, race director started to modify the marathon with self-seating rolling starts. It was managed by competitors swimming 3.8k in open water and then biking 180k immediately before the marathon. Hear the sarcasm already. Oh. Nina Pope. This is a nice, this is sort of more the angle I was getting at. The, uh, the bike racks at Muscleman 70.3 had my age and hometown. Little personal touches make it special. Of course, I have kept it. And, and that's one thing that I yeah. think was been really good with races across the board Ironman races and challenge races and, and, and everywhere is when you've they've added the names to your bibs because you do get a lot more cheers out there oh the names know, are such a go better you know and nowadays with Tommy Chips starts. you don't really need numbers Not you know because really. back in the old days they'd be writing your numbers down throughout the race but nowadays with Tommy Chips the numbers are really unnecessary so mm. the names are so and as a spectator I love because I'm, I'm the guy who says everyone's name as they're mm. running past I love it because you can give energy back and you know Everyone smiles when you say their name, mm-hmm. unless they're really suffering. <laughs> Daniel Clark's got uh, Southern Ontario. Uh, we have multi, the multi-sport Canadian uh, triathlon series uh, with John Salt as race director. The past weekend, Lionel Sanders won the Challenge Championship. Cody Bills won v- Victoria 70.3. And Jackson Laurie won Rally 70.3. A couple of years ago, you could have seen the three of them, as well as other current pros racing head-to-head in the Multisport Canada series. Multisport Canada has an elite age group slash pro points series and prize money at the end of the season. It's no wonder that so many quality pros have come out of Southern Ontario uh, where it's freezing cold six months of the year. When you see this series where top age groupers and budding pros can cut their teeth racing together head-to-head. So he just more We actually had enough. a reply there from John Salt who was uh, the race director that he was mentioning there and he said, thank you Daniel, I believe it's our responsibility to help young up and coming athletes develop and when we can assist with and with and mentor with sponsors as well what we do is somewhat self-serving because in the end helping 
in this regard is just plain good for the sport. We also get to meet some very fine people. And that's kind of what I was talking about before, about I think Ironman's probably got a, a bit of an obligation to do live coverage. They might not get a huge amount out of it, mm. but I think as race directors, myself included, got an obligation so to I suppose try the to question support is, pros. How much of a cost should that obligation be? Because, mm. you know, like I'm kind of putting my hand up here for Ironman. If it's costing 200000 to do that, you can't put it on. Mm. So at what point do we go, at what level should we expect? Like if we can say, can you drop, like an Ironman Ken, they could probably drop 5K, 5K on I coverage. It costs a lot more than that. Yeah, well, but that's the problem. Like, because I get are, it. Are we better off going, let's forego the, doing the live coverage and instead we'll put $50,000 more prize purse into the pro race. It's, uh, yeah, I see your point. What, what is the, the point? We yeah, because in fairness to them, because I agree, you're saying there's an obligation to, to feed the world who love your sport good content at the time of the race. And so it might not be wall-to-wall live coverage. It might be every half hour. You know, th- these days with Facebook and live and all that sort of stuff, surely there's a means. But that's the thing. Like, is, is it just here? someone going off a GoPro on a bike giving us, like, does it, would we be happy with that level? Yeah, I'd be happy. It doesn't have to be bloody TV level production. Mm. So that's what I'm thinking is what what price point? Because could you do it for five thousand? If you gave three guys a couple k each and you kind of got them to do, you know, go around with, with their phones doing some Facebook living throughout the race, doing lots of feeds, would we be happy with that? Good question. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, Lynette Wan's got uh, the young German director, race director that changed all the volunteers' position to be in sheltered areas from the sun and all weather elements. Can't remember his name, but good one. Nice. We, we pause because John's struggling. So um, I'm going to say, I'm pretty sure we've seen this in the past. I've got a couple actually. When they did the double finishing shoots, one for families and one for individuals, which I. This th- is something we didn't bring up um, a couple of weeks ago. I don't think I did. It was. Uh, what, are you, oh, what are you thinking? How? What are you thinking here? Got disqualified. One of our listeners. Oh yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, because they got disqualified because they took the kid up the finishing shoot. Yeah, there wasn't wasn't it in the discussion. Wait a second. Might be where we, we have posts. No, it might be. Um, God, this know. is fantastic. Podcast. But no, no, no. So it's one of our listeners put a post. Maybe send us an email. Put no, a post no. on our Facebook I'll page. Find it. I'll find it. Um, we Frank Houdini. That's right. Got DQ'd in Galway WTC for pushing my disabled son across the line. Yeah, it's a shocker. Yeah, so that was that was a step backwards. We that were, is a trying, shocker. We're trying to get positive here, saying the good things that um, organisers have done, rather than the, the necessarily the bad things. Um, rolling swim starts, it's double finishing shoot. I reckon's one. I reckon when race directors brought exists. in brought in signs that you can put up along the course for your family. Yes, good idea. That was a cool idea. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we maybe should have thought about this. Names on bibs. That's, that's a good one. Names on bibs. We like that one. Um, Let's move on to this week's discussion. Okay, this week's discussion, John. What pro races are you most looking forward to for the rest of the season outside of Kona? So Kona's the biggie, and we're all going to be talking about that. What else are you looking forward to? Any head-to-heads you know that are coming up or particular races that you're looking forward to? Okay, John. Sponsor. Tanyapura. Tanyapura, the most amazing resort if you're an athlete. Check out their facilities, people. It's pretty wicked. They've got a 50 metre, beautiful 50 metre outdoor pool. There's something beautiful about swimming in an outdoor long pool, isn't you don't it? get it in New Zealand no. very much at all. I was wondering when Ken's, I didn't go for a swim, but they had, a, they had this big outdoor pool facility. 
it was pretty awesome. And, and the, you know, you, the only problem is you got to put sunblock on. Yes. Because okay. <laughs> you get sunburned. Yeah. Next to that 50-metre pool, they've got a 25-metre training pool. So plenty of pool space. You've got a 500-metre athletics track. So doing your it's one, one kilometre reps are a hell of a lot easier than doing two and a half laps. You just do two laps. Uh, they've got a fitness centre. I, mean, I can uh, teach a class. In terms of the, they've got a late, uh, sort of a lifting area. They've got a massive gym. A lot of, uh, lot of treadmills there. They've got yoga rooms. They've got a bird cage. Yes. Do you know what a bird cage is? Fill me in, Bevan. Well, it's more for, the, you know, it's kind of the modern workout, really. It's functional training. Mm-hmm. So it's all the kind of lifting and pulling and throwing kind of stuff. If you want to try some different stuff when you're over at Tanya Boy, they've got the Mind Centre where you can do some plenty of uh, oh, beach volleyball. Beach volleyball. They've got the Mutai Stadium, and that's something that would be if you're going over there for holiday. Just trying something like that would be pretty. I tell you what, pretty it bloody hard. It kills your shoulders. Yeah. Uh, if you again, if you want to go a bit extreme, they've got the Project Extreme. They've got uh, 17 activity stations around their boot camp area. If you really want to go play some tennis and stuff, you could. But they've also got soccer fields where you can go and do all your running drills. On top of that, it's uh, they've got fantastic riding from the facility. They've got different groups you can join up with. Phuket, if you don't know where Phuket is, it's in Thailand. It's down in southern, southern Thailand. Easy to get to from uh, just flying direct into Bangkok or Singapore, or there are direct flights. They've got lots of beaches around there, fantastic family uh, location. And I'm planning on trying to do a camp there next year. So if you're keen on getting a part of that, get in touch with me. The plan is going to be, it's going to be in October. We're going to do um, several days training at Tanyapura. Then we'll do several days uh, just riding around the area, going to some different um, places. And then we'll truck off and go and do a race. At this stage, I'm looking at a race just outside of Bangkok. So likely to be in October next year. Get in touch if you're keen. If you're training up for Kona this year and you live in sort of the Asian area and you want to go somewhere awesome or the Middle East, uh, get over there. Fantastic facilities and they know what they're doing. So check it out, tanyapura.com. And apparently the food is out of this world. Yeah. Yeah. And, and good for families. Oh, yeah. It's you know, it's so good for families because let's be honest, we like I was away in Kens last week checking out my, you know, hanging out with my daughter. And each day I need to get my exercise in. Mm-hmm. You know, and, uh, and you know, I... Basically, all I could do is run, and and like I'm not just a runner. I like gym workouts. Like I mm-hmm. like you know all that kind of stuff. And so to go to a place which has these facilities, you can do your training. Mm-hmm. Your family gets some downtime, but also it's got some fun stuff like do the obstacle course with your kids. How cool would yeah. that be? You know those types of things. So just a really great place, not just for the athlete but for the family. So check 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 it out. It's tenyapora.com. John, statistic. It's fantastic. Okay, so with some great first Ironman. So we're looking at some of the people. When they did their first Ironman and how did they do in their first Ironman? I know you haven't got Chrissy here. Well, no, so this is not so much the great Ironmans. This is sort of thinking about is Gomez getting second at Cairns a blessing in disguise for him? Because I was thinking, how about some of the other athletes that went on to do very good things in Kona? If, if, you know, if you win your first one, if he had spanked everybody by 10 minutes and he'd run a 2.35 and if Braden Curry hadn't run quite so well, he'd be going, ah, this is a piece of cake. So you think it makes him want it more so I and think respect that, it more. I think it's going to mean a really positive thing for him. And I thought back to Frodo when he did his first Ironman, he got third in Frankfurt and you remember him shoving his head inside a bloody That's bucket right, full too. of ice. Yeah. He did only go on to get third in Kona that year as well, only third. But was, didn't he ever saw hand? Where? No, maybe someone else. Can't remember. remember the first year, wasn't he, he injured his hand? Can't remember that. No, can't but remember anyway, that. he okay. went on to get third in Kona, and since then, obviously, we've seen what he's done. You know, that first year for him 
was about exploring trying to find how good he could get on the bike and, and that was my always my question when these guys come up from ITU how good are they going to be on the bike and Frodo since then has shown that he's an absolute weapon on the bike mm. uh, Craig Alexander was another one that didn't have uh, you know his first Ironman was Ironman Australia only finished in third place there then went on to get second in Kona yeah, and then first, first uh, the following year so he didn't win on, on debut and I think that would have helped him um, Daniela Reef is a little bit of an exception except she didn't win her first Kona so she won her first two Ironman races and then went and got beaten in Kona only just by Rini and, when she and ran by past one of the her. best efforts you're ever going to see that run from Rini was spectacular mm -hmm. and so again you're thinking well she didn't win first time and so maybe that's helped to fuel her hunger a bit and Marinda Carfrey uh, she also finished second in her first Kona but we've got to remember back to her I think I've got my facts right here her first Kona was her first Ironman because she'd got a slot at the 70.3 Worlds, but finished second in her first Ironman, and maybe that was uh, helped drive her on to come back and win that race. So, okay, so for Frodo, how old was he when he went to Kona? Got, okay, well, let's no, work it out. I'm um, going to say he was 30. Uh, That's going to okay. be a bit of, bit of a guess. So when, when did he first go to Kona? Can you remember? He went to Kona in 2014. 2014, okay. He wanted to take on the... Me that year, Bevan. That's that was his big driver. Okay, well he's thirty six now, so he would have been thirty two. Okay, I've or around that. August, so around thirty two, thirty three. Um, his record goes three. Th this is all Ironmans. Three, three for Frankfurt and Kona, and then next year one, one with Frankfurt and Kona. Next year he had a did not start at uh, South Africa, and then he got second at Lanzarote. Then he won at Challenge Road in seven thirty five thirty nine. And uh, that was a course record there, Bevan. You know how I'm going to say from now on, course records? Yeah. Oh, Fast okay. time ever. Course record there in Challenge Road. Uh, won the World Champs that year as well. Won Austria. And then he had 35th in the World Champs. So he's only had, really had one bad result out of all his iron distance races. Okay. So he went over about 32. Mm -hmm. Gomez has come over at 35. Mm-hmm. You'd say Gomez was a better long-term ITU athlete than Frodeno? Oh, absolutely. Frodo won an Olympic gold medal, but Didn't outside of that, he did some other good results, but nothing remotely comparable to yeah, Gomez. So, so Gomez is one of the legends of ITU, isn't he? Mm -hmm. um, he's coming three years later. Well, he's not going to have as many Konas in him, I don't think. No. So he's, he's, he hasn't got much time to get it right, really, has he? Mm. He just needs one Kona victory, and he'll go down as one of the greatest of all time. We are going to do a greater series. You know how you were a bit anti-me. We are going to do it. Yes, but I think what we should do with that is try to get a guest on each time we do it, a guest from that era. Okay. So when we're talking the 80s, you know, get Molina on. When we're going, you know, like 2000 to 2010, maybe get someone like Chris Gimmel, guys that are real, nut, really into their really, really try geeks and try to get a guest in from each era. Mecca, he'd be a good one for, for his period. 90s, yeah. Yeah, because he loved, he, he's a dry geek. Yeah, because we, we do need to do it. We do need to have a really deep conversation. And at the end of it, we will say who is the best. No, we won't. Yes, we will. No. Yes, we are. You will. We need a goat. Does not exist. Yeah, it does. Does not. Yep, it does. does not. We're going to find out. Does we not. need Every sport needs a goat. No. you got to say Mark Allen, don't you? No, you don't. Well, that's what we'll figure out. Because <laughs> the question is, yeah, who, who is the greatest of all time? Can't answer it. Yes, you can. <laughs> it's can't. Be, maybe your discussion this week's a bit shit. It is. So, it is. so we'll be changing your discussion this week. Okay, here's the discussion this week because your discussion is a bit shit. I don't want to shit on you at the time, but I am now. Um, 
So, bugger, who cares about what pro race you're looking forward to? We've got nothing on that. Should there be a GOAT in our sport? It's a yes or no. Should there be? We don't want to say if you who you think it is. We don't care about that because when we do our who are, who's the great, the, the, the title of the segment is going to be, here we go. If, if, go, if, if we get more yeses than no, it becomes the GOAT of our sport will be the segment. And if it's a no, we'll say legends of different times. Okay, so you guys will determine what, how we're going to frame this discussion. So should there be a goat of our sport? If you don't know what goat it means, greatest of all time. There you go. And there we go. And we're going to break that down. Oh, John, I'm looking forward to it. Good. The goat. Uh, what, what's up next, John? Let's let's put. So let's. Uh, well, there might be an interview. Should now. be. I think it's going to be fine. I've just got to catch up with Kyle Buckingham in a couple of hours' time before he heads back to South Africa or wherever he's heading off to. So should be should be locking in here, Kyle Buckingham. Here's Kyle Buckingham. If not, you'll hear from him next week. And if not, we'll be back with sponsor really soon. <laughs> sponsor. Extreme endurance. It's your lactate buffer, John. It's been proven for over a decade of testing, and the data is to support it. What are you sponsoring us for? Not a decade, but, but probably quite some seven time. years. Yeah, uh, reduces soreness, improves stamina, and accelerates recovery. Again, gain the same advantages used only by Olympic professional and collegiate athletes. So what it does is it clinically proven to reduce your lactic acid by fifteen to twenty six percent. 39% reduction in oxidative stress, six times lowering of your creatine kinase levels, improves aerobic threshold by double digits, benefits within 72 hours. Best of all, it's got the informed sport and informed choice certificate, which means it's certified as being legal uh, in terms of all the anti-doping and what have you, so it's good to go. Guaranteed free of banned substances, compliant with IOC and NFL, NCAA, NBA, etc., etc. So get on it, people. Extreme Endurance, xendurance.com, as it says. Only takes 72 hours for it to kick in. So if you've got a, you know, one of your races coming up, give it a crack and let it, let it talk for itself in terms of how quickly you recover and also a nice little boost in performance. It's definitely worth a try, isn't it? You know, like, give it a go. And, you know, if you find it works for you, it's definitely going to help you in training. Forty six ninety five, and that'll give you a months-long supply. And if you put the promo code in IAMTALK20, you get 20% off that. So there you go. There we go. Michael Simpson's oh, Coach's Corner. I did your job there. Michael Simpson sent through an email, and it's actually a really good one. He's got, all right, lads. All right, lads. Yeah. Lads. There you go, lads. <laughs> uh, training question. Over the last couple of years, my bike just hasn't improved in line with the rest of my disciplines. When putting in an effort, it always seems like my legs will just give out a long time before I'm struggling aerobically. Just wondering if you have any suggestions on how to improve. Okay, I've just got a few quick ones for you here. Mick, first thing would be get a power meter to help you make sure you're pushing at the appropriate levels. That's step one. Step two, you may or may not do this, but a lot of people don't in terms of periodizing their bike training. A lot of athletes you know, have their weekly routine and they go out and do more or less the same thing every week. Might spice it up a little bit, but just get into, get into a grind and you get nice and fit, but then you'll reach a plateau. If you want to take the next level with your biking, you really need to periodize that out. Mm. And what I mean by that is you, know, you progressively build some intensity into your training. Um, this have, have objectives, you know, strength period. Speed, Absolutely. You know, so. It kind of depends where you're at in your season. Like if you're six weeks out from your Ironman, you're kind of not going to be able to do too much of this. But if you think taking a long-term approach, you know, you might say, right, 
I'm going to do a 16-week block here. I'm going to start by doing some hill, hill reps to start gaining some strength. And then I'm going to do a TT, so I've got some numbers to work off. And then I'm going to start by doing some, some sort of sub-threshold work. So you're, you know, you're working hard but not crazy hard. And then you might do a block of FTP training where you're working at 100% you know, of your FTP. And then you move on and do some, some higher intensity work. So A, that'll keep things interesting, but it should really progress your riding along. So... <clears throat> Easiest way to do that is to get yourself a coach who can help you and who knows about power um, and they can give you some numbers and really just dial you in. Otherwise you can use things like Trainer Road or, or other online platforms. But if you want to improve your biking, you basically just got to do some, some harder riding. Not necessarily the best time to do that. As I said, if you're just coming up to a main race, you might need to take a long-term approach to that. Um, one thing that a lot of athletes need to do with their, their riding is actually shift, try to work on shifting their pain threshold and look forward to challenges a bit more. Riding's the easiest out of all of our three sports just to doodle along and, yeah. and not actually push yourself. And that's why with a power meter, you can, you know, you've got those numbers in front of you. You don't need to turn into a robot, but it is going to give you a bit more feedback and you can have some numbers to make sure you're pushing at the right level. Also, you know, going and doing time trials and some really hard sessions is going to sh make a bit of a mental shift. So if you go and do a 20-minute TT, you're operating at a very, very high level. When it comes back to doing iron distance sort of intensity, it's going to feel quite a bit easier mentally. So if you can put yourself in those more difficult situations more regularly on the bike, it's going to improve you physiologically, but also going to improve you mentally. So... Doing time trials, a lot of people fear them and they dread them and they get so worked up about them. Flip that on its head and actually try to look forward to them, look forward to the challenge, have a plan for them, and uh, and then you'll start to get better and better at them and that'll transfer across to your racing. And then the last tip I'd say is that this is specific to your biking. Try to put yourself in some uncomfortable situations. If you've got any good group rides, you know, Bevan and I often talk about group rides we used to go on and you're getting dictated to by others and you're going to push a lot harder than what you might do by yourself. And again, that should hopefully help shift both your mental threshold but also you improve yourself and do some cycle physiologically. Racing. You know, like cycle races or local cycle races, they don't have to be that long, but there's, you need to learn the mental edge, mm. you know, and you need to put yourself in situ. So there's kind of, like I remember when once we... Uh, I think Bevan Docket is around your house and I was having a yarn to him and Bevan always trained by himself and I found that really fascinating because I was always someone who, you know, I, I could push myself hard by myself but I was definitely better if I had people around me. Um, you know, and for a guy of his level to always train by, by himself I found quite fascinating but there, there's different skills and you do have the skill of the self-mental push and, you know, and you need to be developing that and using tools like your, your, your power meters and things like that but also there are easier ways to learn higher level and, and racing's a really good way to put yourself in situations which teach you a high level of want, desire, push, mm. you know, and, and what happens is once we set a new standard, we see the world in a different way almost, you know, once you see, oh, I can go to that place, then you can go to it more often and, you know, you set that higher bar and just doing cycle races, you know, because obviously you do triathlons, but it's often one of the things we've talked about a lot on the show over the years is particularly long course athletes, they cannot race that much. No. You know, they can do two races a year. Mm. Now, you know, if you want to be an athlete, you need to race. Exactly. You know, and you need to learn that skill. Now, admittedly, a, a 40k local cycle race is completely different to doing an Ironman, but it's just teaching you a mental edge, which is really important. 
Now, you may not have those things available to us. We're kind of blessed here in Christchurch. We've got, if you want to go into a running race, we've got a running race we can do. If we want to go bike races, there's bike races you can do. A lot of you guys aren't going to have that. So, you know, use the other technology out there that's available. You know, a lot of people now are finding doing the Zwift races, you know, yeah. getting on there and doing 30 minutes and really not being afraid to explode. That's a key thing. Exploding is reaching your limits, and that's a good thing. If you're always able to finish really strong at events sometimes you probably aren't pushing quite hard enough early on so be prepared to go to the edge and go over the edge in your training time trials practice races and that'll make you a stronger athlete Come on so let's know how you get along michael uh john winger of the week so john what's 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 this about well so we're gonna do a prize draw today i got reminded of it we haven't actually done it so over the southern hemisphere summer we asked for pictures with um oh wingers the wingers the, the winger. that's what i forgot about that and uh we never actually did the draw and we didn't have many submissions so how many did we have like two two and I'll have did you do a randomizer i did a randomizer <laughs> one two <laughs> one two and the winner ended up being the holy ha- hammer, oh, Murray the holy hammer now the holy hammer he took it to an extra level he was doing a race i think it was one of my the, the pack and save tri festival i think it was and he, he was. I think he was putting a deodorant bottle up his pants. Yeah. This competition was he only males like and knob. females, <laughs> and somehow the picture didn't get taken. So he asked somebody to take another picture of him as it, with with the that there. So Murray Holy Hammer Lapworth. This is cur- courtesy of the um, World Triathlon Store, and they, these guys uh, do all our I Am Talk gear. So if you want to get our I Am Talk gear, go into IamTalk.me, click on the, the store button, and you can go off and buy all the gear. We had some fantastic outfits over there in Kona. Everybody loves the bike shorts, not just Bevan. No. Oh, you get good feedback as well. They like the nappy. Oh, the Mr. Sausage Ollie Jenner, he was, yep. he was loving the bike shorts as well. Yep. So uh, if you want to get some I Am Talk gear, go check it out. Also, if you've got a club or anything like that and you want to get some customised gear for your club, it's a really easy solution for us because it's basically for us and for you because you're basically outsourcing the problem. When you're trying to collect bloody gear orders all the time, it's... A nightmare and uh, what you can do with these guys is create a store they take care of all the payments they ship it all out you don't really have to do anything yeah so uh, get in touch with them if you want to get your I am talk gear as well go through I am talk.me holy hammer is winning a tri suit nice holy hammer and this competition is still open now so we're going we're switching into the northern hemisphere okay here we go now. here we go we're in race season we're in race season there's lots of racing happening so if you want to be in the draw to get a speed suit you basically need to do a race and you need to show off your wanger well not your wanger, not your wanger. <laughs> so something implying a wanger yes so don't get your wanger out Unless uh, you're one of those German races, they love pants, it. Anything like that, it's open to males and females. It needs to be within the race. And let's be honest, we're only two in the summer hemisphere season, so you've got a pretty good chance if you just do it. Photographic evidence is required. We are showing the maturity level of this show at its best. John, questions and answers. We've got a question here, and it's got, uh, listening to your podcast today and thinking a bit of work this uh, wait a second, I think. I, I, With I, a I, bit I, of work, this may be the answer to the drafting. Garmin have a rear-facing radar unit called... Vida, uh, Vira, uh, which detects cars up to 140 metres away. So with a bit of tweaking, I'm sure it could be modified to signal you when someone is drafting within the race organisation. Hayden Beta sent this in from Christchurch. So 
this was going back to that discussion about yeah. I wonder if you could have something on your bike that told you that tells you if, if you're drafting off somebody else and the technology sounds like it's out there it's not going to be that hard Garmin have got something that can detect a car 140 meters away so I think there's got to be something so, so the idea of this is when you're biking it'll just beep if it hears a car so you you know or something yes so when a car's coming up behind you I'll put so the YouTube the, here we go YouTube clip oh <laughs> Rear view radar. Okay, get on. So it detects cars when they're coming up behind you. So, you know, it's probably more if you're on a country road where there's not that many cars. Yeah. If you're on a, ro- a road where there's cars coming past all the time, not that useful. But if you're on a country road with just some random cars coming, it's time for you to either pull over or just get yourself braced for, for a car or especially trucks if you've got those around. So I'm sure that can be... Well, I think also where it could be really Ireland. good is... Um, because it goes onto your device at the front of your bike, mm-hmm. let you know when someone's coming. Because if you like to listen to music mm-hmm. and you don't hear cars, it's probably a good device as well. So you're saying there potentially is an answer? I think so. Okay, there we go. So there we go. Garmin, sort it out. Sort it out for us. Okay, John, uh, patrons. Andrew, you can keep your hat on. You can leave your hat on. Yeah. Uh, we've got. Oh, Neil Cooper, I haven't got a nickname down there for you, Neil. So. Let's put one up there. Okay, we'll give you a new nickname, Neil. No, no, no. You should give him his nickname. He might like his nickname. No, but I can't, haven't got one recorded. Oh. So, Neil Cooper, oh, let's find something for you now. Cooper. Bevan. Cooper. I'm going to go to the old darts nickname first while Bevan's uh, thinking Cooper. here. Cooper. So, I go, Neil. Cooper. Don't push me too far, Neil Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> you like that? Come on. That's it. Don't push me too far, Neil Cooper. Neil Champagne Cooper. No, I'm, I'm, I'm pulling rank on this one. Don't push me too far. Here we go. Second time today. Where's my authority on well, this show? you know, I, I, I know my place. Uh, and then lastly, John, we have... You had it. I'm putting Neil Cooper's name. I'm giving it to you because I, I, I'm not too good with his name. Olaf Schweidler. Schweidler. Pipeline pusher Olaf Schweidler. Ain't poo pusher. Let's put it that way. Okay, so if you want to become the... What did you say for Neil Cooper there? Uh, don't push me too far, Neil Cooper. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> too far. Uh, come on, that's a good one. That's a good one. He's going to be telling his mates about that one. Well done, Neil. You should be proud of that. Um... Sponsors, if you want to come a sponsor of the show, just go to www.imtalk.me and I will lead to patron. And you can become a patron and of the show. Sponsors, if you've got some products yeah, you want to get out there, you want to give us some money, let us know. Please help us out. That's right. Free services podcast, or you can become a patron. That's right. There we go. So thank you very much to all the patrons who are already patrons. If you've got any questions, you can email us at imtalk at gmail.com. Sponsors are Extreme Endurance, Your Lactic Buffer, Tanya Pora. Great place to take the family and do some training. And if you want to come on a Tanya Pura camp next year, combine in with the race, get in touch with me. I haven't got anything up on the website yet. I'm still working on the pricing and stuff, but over there, that's part of the world. It's not usually crazy expensive. Keeping Bevan up. I'm yawning. I'm yawning. I woke up at 2 o'clock this morning. Don't you hate that when you wake up? Why is that? Because I was in Australia, so I woke up. Only a couple hours difference. No, and I woke up and I was awake. And I needed a good night's sleep. And I'm a good sleeper, John. Are you a good sleeper? I'm average. I'm feeling for you, Bevan. Feeling for you. What do you mean so, you're average? Why are you an average sleeper? No, I, I, I go... I what what time is bedtime? Seven, seven hours. Seven hours is fine for me. What time is bedtime? By 10. What do you do when you go to bed other than... <laughs> bit of something pushing. <laughs> Sometimes a bit of reading. And then just go to sleep. No, I'll say I'm a reasonable sleeper. Yeah. Do you wake up a lot? No. No. Well, that means you're a good sleeper. Hmm. You, so, if anything, you miss sometimes don't get enough sleep. I'd wake up a bit early. 
Yeah, and if once I'm awake, I I'm awake. To sleep. Yeah. We have fun day Friday. I sleep on Friday. Fun day Friday. That's what I call it. Is that okay? Yeah, yeah fun day Friday. It's our mm-hmm. work. Um, and on fun day Friday, I sleep in, but I wake up early. Mm. But I do, I'll, if I read, I'll go back to sleep. Mm-hmm. So I tend to pick up a book. I'm reading a great book right now called The Right Stuff. Highly, you'll like it. Okay. So it's basically about the astronauts. Okay. And it's kind of right from, it's, it's right from before it even started. Mm-hmm. Um, it's by Tom Wolfe, I think it is. Um, it's right before when it started. And it's basically taking you through how it all happened. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of told in a story way. Um, fascinating stuff, man. Those guys, because the right stuff is kind of the ego that it takes to be a jet pilot. Because right. those guys were just, you know, they were just the man, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, to get to become one of the top pilots, you just had to have what they called the right stuff. But when they first put the guys just into outer space, there was actually frowned upon by a lot of the pilots because they didn't actually fly. They just put them in a device. Oh, yeah, and and it was kind of frowned upon. But these guys became like rock stars in America. It's such a good book. So the right stuff. If you like a good novel, check it out. John, what's your goss? What's my goss? Back from Kona and heading over to Rote next week. Is it next, not next week, is it? Next Wednesday. I'm out of here. Oh, you're going earlier than me. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Yeah. Whew. So, so it's all good times, after. and Thomas turned 11 yesterday. How's it going with Belinda? The fact that you've just been, actually I saw it at Jimmy, we talked about this, yeah. going down really well. It's great. <laughs> what was your, what was your grease factor coming back from Kona? Uh, she's kept, Belinda's coming to Kona now. Oh, so it's locked October. in. So, so now I'm even more on the couch, am I? Yep. Back you got Mike's up. in one bedroom. Linda and I on the other. And I'm on the couch. On the, the couch. We've got a nice unit this year, though, so it's going to oh, be Have we stepped up, have we? We have stepped up. Oh, back it up. Uh, so Thomas turned 11 yesterday. Back got it, it got up. Him a, got him a GPS watch. He was, it was Christmas. Really? Tom Tom. It was called Tom Tom Watch. It was pretty inexpensive. If you want to get a kid's watch, it was Tom Tom Moldy Oh, was it actually a kid's watch? Um, no, but it's not too big and chunky. Yep. Um, very easy to set up. Looks like it's working really well. And uh, yeah, Tom Tom Moldy Sport. Looks good. Yeah, the great thing about it, you can go hardcore on your watches and spend a thousand bucks, but it's like a hundred bucks or something like that. And you know what? Like I've still got my old gum gum in like four ten, mm-hmm. which I've had for like five years now. It mm-hmm. still works. Mm-hmm. Like sure you can go a bit crazy on it, but no. what do you what do you need, John? You what need do you pace, need? you need laps, average lap pace, a few things like that, but yeah, you don't need too much. No. Um Okay, so eleven. Eleven. A bit. girl starting to come on the radar yet? No, no, no. Can't be far away, John. Can't be far away. So just keep on that GPS. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Keep on the pace of work. Other than that, just trucking along between camps, Bevan. I imagine you're pretty, you're pretty crazy busy. I know you don't like to say busy, but if you've just come back from camp, there's that catch up mode, Mm. and before you go away, you always have to do crap loads. So I'm sure, John. There's a lot on your plate. And I lose a day tomorrow. I'm doing first aid course all day. Oh, that's painful. It is painful. And the thing about the first aid course, people, is they do all these bad jokes, and they're mm. never funny. <laughs> they're never funny. And, yeah. You sold your house for millions, Bevan. Yeah, John. Five, five, five it's million? It's the last show ever because I've retired. Okay, yeah. good. Ten million. Yeah, ten. Ten million dollars. Yeah, we only wanted five, but someone came and said, ten mil. You said... Okay. Okay, I'll take it. No, it didn't happen like that. We're in we're in Ken's. I had the week with my daughter, which was very cool. And uh, what happened, John? I reckon you went for a walk and you. Well, got we, lost. we actually had a problem here, John. We 
the card actually ran out. So we so we're redoing this bit here. So the auction. So I was with my daughter. We were in Kings. Went to Port Douglas for breakfast, and Joe was in the auction. Um, basically, we had a price we wanted. We got slightly less, and the person who bought it paid slightly more. And it's probably a pretty fair price at the end of the day. Job done. So yeah, so it's kind of cool because we now get to move to the new house. It's it's funny when you sell a house and you've got that five weeks in between. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's you know because. You just want to be in your house now, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and um, and it, time will fly. And, you know, this will go really quickly. But um, so now that's that. So it was in week week for my daughter and Ken's. We went quad biking, yes. which I told John was lots of fun. <laughs> <laughs> it's never the same. We sat down no, the street. So we, we we did record before, but the, the card was full on our recording device. So I, mean, we, quad, we, I tell you what, team, if you can ever go quad biking, and I was telling John. There was a uh, basically our lead didn't give a crap. He was said, "Let's just have fun." So we were just blasting the crap out of the man, and it is so much fun. It's pretty hard to get away with that these days. Yeah, far out. Yeah, and and I was telling John before, there was a guy who literally basically went up the real steep bit and fell back on the bike. Basically, just about landed on him, and he was he he was a bit of carnage. He was an old bugger. He had no teeth, so he was had a bit but a bit of character, so he was worth it. But. We have quite a few deaths in New Zealand quad bikes. Yeah, quad bikes is a real problem, isn't it? Yeah. But it was no, it was good fun. Glad you uh, got out alive. Yep. And then uh, spent the week with my daughter, went for a walk, got a little bit lost, mm-hmm. but it worked out. Luckily, there was no snakes, and it was quite cool seeing my daughter in her world, and I was a bit of a proud dad, John. Very good. But it's, it is cool seeing your, your kids as adults in the world, and my daughter's a pretty special young girl, so... That's pretty much it, John. I, 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 I talked for 20 minutes before, and I wrapped <laughs> it down to the one-minute concise version. So let's wrap it up. I'm Russ. I'm Mendo. Train hard. Train smart. Kia kaha. kaha.